Today is the last Sunday of the summer series when we've been asking faith questions. And today's question is, what is Sabbath? Our first scripture tells about the beginning of the world. It is a part of one of the creation stories in Genesis, the first book in the Old Testament, where God sets a pattern of work and rest. And the second scripture from Deuteronomy is right out of the middle of a listing of the Ten Commandments. Keeping the Sabbath is actually one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Do you know the other ones? You shall have no other gods before me. You will have no idols. You will not misuse the name of the Lord. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not lie about your neighbor. And you won't covet your neighbor's stuff, including their spouse. The Ten Commandments were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. He then gave them to the Hebrew people. This was after they were brought out of Egypt, after being slaves uh, for generations, about 1,300 years before Jesus Christ. That makes them over 3,000 years old. But since God had set the pattern of work and rest before that, the idea of Sabbath is, well... Ancient. (laughs) Let's hear what the scriptures say. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. God, speak to us anew this day of ancient things and your desires for us. Help us to hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sabbath is taking time off of work, so it's fitting, I think, to talk about Sabbath on Labor Day weekend. Even though Labor Day celebrates work, we do that by taking the day off, right? So people who can go up north or go to the lake, or travel to see family, are doing it, right? The rest of us are here. (laughs) But the idea of Sabbath is way bigger than having a long weekend, or going up north. The purpose of asking faith questions is to get a few answers. But I must admit that all that came to my mind this week, when I began thinking seriously about Sabbath time, was more questions. Where did it come from? When did it start? 
What does it mean to the people to whom it was given originally? Does the fact that Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments mean that I have to do it? What did Jesus say about the Sabbath? How do we keep the Sabbath in this day and age as Christians? That's a lot of questions. Rather than try to check them off one by one, I want to share an old story. Perhaps you've heard it before. A young girl stood near her father on the quay of a Polish harbor, a steamer trunk at her feet. Out of her nine siblings, 12-year-old Rose was the child chosen to be sent to the Golden Land, America. Life in Poland was hard, hunger a constant visitor in her home. And after much scraping and pinching, her family had saved enough for a single one-way ticket to the United States. With an involuntary sigh, the father turned to his daughter. Rose, mein Kind, my child, remember, God is watching over you every step of the way. Remember his laws and keep them well. Never forget that more than the Jews have kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath has kept the Jews. It will be hard in a new land. Don't forget who you are. Keep the Sabbath, no matter what sacrifice you must make. Life in America was new and strange. Polish mannerisms were quickly shed, along with religion. Rose's relatives insisted religion was old-fashioned, an unnecessary accessory in America. Rose, however, never forgot her father's parting words. She put on the new clothes her relatives gave her, cut her hair to suit the fashion, but never gave up on the Sabbath. Every week without fail, in her new job as a sewing machine operator, yes, she was 12, Rose devised a new excuse for her boss to explain why she did not come to work on Saturday. One week she had a toothache, another week her stomach bothered her. After three weeks, the foreman figured it out. He called her over. Rose, I like your work and I like you, but this Sabbath business has got to stop. Either you come in on this Saturday or you can look for a new job. The week passed in a daze for Rose. Her emotions were in turmoil. On the one hand, my father is not here to help me be strong, she thought. I want to fit into this new land. And then just as quickly came the other thought. But how can I forget Sabbath? How can I give up on what my father taught me? Rose lacked the courage to face her relatives and tell them of her resolve. Instead, she left the house that next Saturday morning pretending to be headed for work. Back and forth through the streets of Manhattan she paced. Together with the city pigeons, she rested in Tompkins Square Park, singing the traditional Sabbath songs with tears in her eyes and sobs between the verses. When three stars finally peeked out from the black sky, announcing the end of Sabbath, the moon shone down on a weary girl. Rose had triumphed but her victory would cost her dearly. She had no job, and she had alienated her family. As she neared home, a shout broke into her thoughts. 
Rose, how are you here? Where were you? Rose looked up at her cousin Joe, crying. Joe, what will become of me? I kept Sabbath and I lost my job. Joe looked at her strangely. Rose, didn't you hear? Hear what? There was an awful fire at the factory. Only 40 people survived. There was no way out of the building. People even jumped out the windows to their deaths. Rosie, don't you see? Because you kept Sabbath, you are alive. Because of your Sabbath, you survived. The infamous Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire on Saturday, March 25, 1911, claimed the lives of 146 immigrant workers present. Because it had been Sabbath, Rose Goldstein was not there. As her father had said, more than the Jews keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath keeps the Jews. So the Sabbath was originally given to the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. It occurs from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. What it says in the commandment is to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. So homes are cleaned on Friday to be ready. You put on your best clothes, and even your language is finer than the rest of the week. Candles are lit, special feasts are served, and prayers are said. It's not something you do by yourself. It is done in community, with your family or with your friends. People attend dinners together, and there are worship services Friday night or Saturday. But why? What does it mean? I looked up in a Bible dictionary, and it said that the word Sabbath comes um, from a Hebrew verb, Shabbat, meaning to stop, to cease, or to keep. It means to rest after six days of working, just as God rested after the world was created. And there were three reasons listed um, as to why this is important. First, not only are people to imitate what God did and what God made sacred, it is a reminder of who set the pattern first. It's a reminder that God is the creator and we are the created. In ceasing from labor, the Bible dictionary says, one is reminded of one's true status as a dependent being, of the God who cares for and sustains all creatures, and of the world as a reality belonging ultimately to God. So Sabbath helps people understand who they are in the scheme of things. And the answer is, we are not God. Second, it's also a sign of a covenant between God and the Hebrew people, of their very identity. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, says Deuteronomy, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. It is part of the special relationship between God and God's people. By keeping the Sabbath day holy, Israel's people are reminded that they also are made holy by God. Third, it's a day of rest and worship given as a gift after the Hebrew people had been slaves in Egypt and had had no rest. What happens when people work and work and work and work without a break? They get exhausted and burned out 
and angry and sick. We're not machines. We're human beings. Every day we need sleep or we can't function effectively. And God apparently realized early on that we also need a pattern of relief from work. Not sleeping, but dedicated time to rest. It's important to note that just as joy is more than the absence of sorrow, the Sabbath is more than not working. Resting in bed all day, as tempting as that sounds, does not amount to a keeping of the Sabbath. The Sabbath, it says in Isaiah chapter 58, is to be a delight and a joy. In the commandment, it doesn't just say, don't work. It says, keep it holy. So what does that mean? What is God's intention about the purpose of the Sabbath? I think this gets down to the very crux of why God made the world and why God created people, not just the Jews, but all of us. God created people to be in relationship with us. God loves us. If we move now to the New Testament in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, I am the gate. This is Jesus talking. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life. God wants health and wholeness for God's people. And that means taking time to build a relationship with our Creator and to tend it like a garden so that it can flourish. Jesus got in trouble multiple times for doing things on the Sabbath that were against the rules such as healing people. And his response, Mark 2.27 says, Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the, meet the needs of people, and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Following rules just to follow the rules isn't what makes God happy. If God wants abundant life for us, and taking time to worship God and be in relationship with God and resting from constant busyness is what will help us do that, then that is the purpose of the Sabbath. A commentary on that verse in Mark says this, The Sabbath is a sacred and divine institution, a privilege and benefit, not a task and drudgery. God never designed it to be a burden to us, Therefore, we must not make it so to ourselves. The Sabbath was instituted for the good of humankind. People were not made for the Sabbath, as if their keeping it could be of service to God, nor were people commanded to keep its outward observances to their detriment. Every observance respecting it is to be interpreted by the rule of mercy. I think confession is good for the soul. And I have a confession to make to you today. I'm not very good at Sabbath keeping. I've been called a workaholic. And just like any person with any kind of addiction, it's hard for me to admit that. I work part-time here at the church, but I do a lot of things for the Detroit Conference of the United Methodist Church. So much that I often work seven days a week and many more hours than eight on any given day. Why do I do that? 
Do I think I'm so important that the world will stop if I do? If I take a word from our Jewish brothers and sisters who see one of the reasons for Sabbath to be remembering that I am the created, not the creator, this might help me, yes? I am not God. The world will not stop if I take time to rest. Or maybe it's just that I cave into societal pressure and figure that if I'm not being productive 24-7, if I'm not busy, then I'm not worthy. And worthy of what? Recognition? Value? I don't even know. That's our society today. Again, if I take a word from the Jewish interpretation of the Sabbath, I would take time for Sabbath in order to remember who I am follower of God and Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. I'm not supposed to follow the world's ways, American society, right? The world's pressures. I'm supposed to follow God's way. This past week, I thought to myself, if I'm going to preach on Sabbath, I better try this idea out. I love water, so on my one free morning, I decided to go to Marshbank Park, which is near my house, and sit at the lake. Of course, I kept getting distracted by emails that I was taking time to answer. I finally realized I was running out of time. I had a meeting I had to get to in Southfield by 1 o'clock. So I thought, okay, I have time to drive to the park, sit for 30 minutes, drive back, cram lunch, and get to my meeting. I packed a bag. A bag for 30 minutes at the lake. It contained a book, my agenda, my cell phone, a bottle of water, and a snack. Good grief. I lectured myself on the way there. Laura, just sit. Just sit. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to look at your book or your agenda or your cell phone. Just sit. I made it to the dock. I got comfortable, started looking at the lake. It was beautiful. It was. It was really hard to relax because all of the distracting sounds, there was a child screaming on the playground behind me and then the resulting parental response and there were bugs humming really loudly and there were boats on the lake. After what seemed like a really long time, I kind of jumped. Oh no, I've, I've been here too long. I thought, I'm going to miss my meeting. So I looked at the time. It had been 10 minutes. Wow, I thought, I'm really bad at this. I tried to calm down and take some deep breaths. Tried to open my mind and let God in. This is harder than it sounds. When you have an ADHD brain like mine, it doesn't turn off, ever. Tried to concentrate on the water. To not think of anything in particular, but to let God speak to me if God had anything to say. And guess what happened? All of a sudden, two realizations zinged into my brain. Well, zinged isn't the right word. It was more like a butterfly coming to land on a leaf. Two understandings crystallized in my mind and brought some significant understanding to how I had been feeling lately. You know what I thought? I should do this more often. I learned some important things that day. First, Sabbath-keeping takes practice. <laughs> Second, Sabbath-keeping is really worthwhile. 
Sabbath gives us time to process the tangled messes in our brains, well, at least in my brain, gives time for God to help us understand so that we can move forward or change or accept what is happening as needed. And Sabbath gives us time to remember or be reminded who we are and whose we are. I do think that truly effective Sabbath time involves the natural world in some way, whether it's going to the lake or walking through the woods or spending time in your yard or just watching birds out your window if you don't have a yard, that connects us to the creation God has made and therefore connects us to our Creator. Will we practice Sabbath like our Jewish brothers and sisters? Probably not. Although one suggestion I read about going on a phone and screen vacation for the 25 hours of Shabbat sounded intriguing, even as it freaked me out. I couldn't even do 30 minutes. I do like to light a candle, uh, which I see as the presence of the Holy Spirit when I'm home. And I think there is a significant value in gathering with other believers to worship our God together, as we are doing this morning. Ultimately, I believe it is less about following the rules or any structure, even to the day of the week, than finding a way to spend time with God that is meaningful to you. There are some fly fishing aficionados in this church who have explained to me that it's not really about the fish. Reverend Howe. Do we have to do it? Well... Just like whether we have a relationship with God or not is a choice, God allows us the freedom, right, to choose to follow the direction God gives us or not. God promises us peace that passes all understanding, Philippians uh, 4, 7, but we have to be connected enough to God to access that peace. Living our whirling dervish lives without Sabbath will only lead to burnout. God knows that. That's why God gave us Sabbath. God loves us. So God invites us, well, commands us, really, to practices that lead to health and wholeness and abundant life. Sabbath may seem like an old-fashioned notion, an unnecessary accessory in our modern-day life. But just like Rose Goldstein, Sabbath-keeping may save us in ways that we never expect. I would like to challenge you today to spend Sabbath time each week for the next four weeks if you're not already doing it, and I promise I will do it too. Let me know what happens.